If you ask any Benedictine monk which is the longest chapter in the rule, he won't have to think very long about it. It's chapter 7 on humility. And it begins like this. Holy Scripture, brethren, cries out to us, saying, Everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled, and he who humbles himself shall be exalted. Direct quotation from today's Gospel. Why would a chapter on humility be so long, though? It doesn't seem like it should be that difficult, should it? I think the answer is for two reasons that are related to each other. The first one is that humility is harder than it sounds. If you think about it for a little bit, you'll realize this. We all know that when we manage to humble ourselves, in some small matter usually, almost immediately we're proud of ourselves for having humbled ourselves. There's a related phenomenon, and you see this ambivalence in the culture today. Uh, there's a contemporary phrase called the humble brag. So when someone wins an Academy Award for Best Actor, he stands up and says, I'm very humbled by this award, which of course is ironic because he's being exalted with this award, but he claims to feel humble. There's a similar kind of thing called imposter syndrome, where someone has an important job and they don't Secretly, they don't feel qualified. They feel too humble to have this job. I think both of these cases, there's a certain kind of immaturity at work, actually, rather than a genuine humility. That's just, just to show that humility isn't something we just generate by trying. So there's a whole process that takes place, and it's a long process for most of us. So even if we humble ourselves, which our Lord is telling us to do that, it requires someone else to exalt us, right? Right? or even to make sure that the humility is genuine. You know, I'm sure we've all had that experience where uh, uh, a friend or an acquaintance is showing us false humility in some way. Uh, claim, oh, I, I don't really deserve this or this or that. Say, well, come on. <laughs> so having our friends to sort of check us on these things, make sure that humility is genuine. So true humility requires us to be acted upon. It's not something we can do ourselves. We need others to help us with this. We have to learn to accept things that go contrary to our wills, to accept even humiliation sometimes. The second reason that humility is difficult is because few of us really want it at any deep level. We might want others to think we have it, which is the point of the humble brag, I think. But we'd also like to harbor a private opinion of ourselves as you know, at least I'm not like that person over there. Right? I'm, at least I, I have these qualities going for me. We like to trot out the things we're good at rather than being put in positions where we have to admit we don't know what we're doing. So there are all kinds of ways in which we want to protect a kind of self-esteem. A private opinion of ourselves is a bit superior, at least in this matter, because I'm more humble, because I don't brag all the time. Or I, I, I wouldn't be like that if I were in that guy's position. I would be more humble. Uh, I've, been, I've suffered more than other people. I've been misunderstood more, etc. And this feature of humility that ties us into knots, uh, trying to be genuine, was a favorite target for ridicule by uh, the great philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche. Uh, he blamed this on Christianity and precisely on these sorts of sayings of our Lord where he tells us that we should humble ourselves. And so he says, uh, Nietzsche claims that by insisting on humility, the Christian faith robs us of all joy of achievement and greatness, stunts the growth of otherwise noble souls, and so on. Now, in my judgment, he's raging at a kind of bourgeois liberalism, not at, at real Christianity. But let's go back to the rule of St. Benedict to explore why this is in answering this charge, if it's true. 
It's not. But. Benedict's chapter on humility is long. There's our, there are 12 steps to it. There's a ladder you have to climb to be exalted. Um, much of the work in ascending this ladder involves acceptance which seems closely connected to the idea that we can't do it ourselves. There's something outside of us that provokes or challenges us to respond in humility. So we have to be confronted by persons or situations that we don't expect or that we don't like. And then we have to find the resources within to let it be, to accept it, say, it's not my business to change, to have the world be the way I want it. So acceptance of God's will, acceptance of the strengths of others or their limitations, acceptance of the work that's been given me to do today that someone has asked me to do, acceptance of material limitations. I'd like to be able to go on this trip, but I, I can't afford it. Limitations of technology. I'd like to be able to fix this machine, but I don't know how. I don't have the money to pay a, a mechanic. We have to work to accept the actual history of the actual community that we belong to. Uh, so St. Benedict says that the humble monk won't go against the customs of the community. He doesn't say he won't go against the customs of the community unless they're really kind of crazy and it's the only reason we're doing it is because we've done it for 30 years. Now he says just accept the customs as they are. And accept the limitations uh, that they impose on my own behavior. I'd like to do something this way. But the community's always done it that way, so I have to do it that way. I even have to try to accept the limitations of my own understanding of any difficult situation, even a situation that seems unjust. Lots of injustices in the world today. Why doesn't somebody fix them? Some of, something about that I have to accept, even if I feel called to address it, even if God calls me to go out there and fight for justice, I can't ultimately change other people. I can only work on myself. So to accept those limitations is uh, in these networks of actual relationships with the actual people we know, with my superior, with my spouse, with my children, parents, with the habitual actions of the people that I work with at work, whatever it is in my community, with the tools that I've got. What we're seeing is that humility is a kind of school of realism. It puts us in contact with things that are actual, that uh, we didn't create, we didn't put there, but we have to accept them. And this is why a contemporary book that's a commentary on the seventh chapter of the rule is called Truthful Living. So if it is true then that humility brings me closer to reality, I'm not, I'm not living a fantasy and imagining things about how things are, but I'm actually accepting them, then it's bringing me closer to the truth. And this, for a, a Christian, should be a really good thing because it's bringing me closer to Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. And this makes some sense when we think about it because when I empty myself of my opinion, of my reactions to things, when I let go of my pet theories and preferences, I imitate the one who radically emptied himself first. So this is an imitation of Christ who accepted the will of his Father and descended, humbled himself from heaven, even taking the lowest place 
the place of a condemned criminal, even lower yet, descending into the depths of hell itself, so that he might be exalted by the Father, by the Spirit, raised up and crowned King of the universe, not because he grasped for it, but because he humbled himself. And if we wish to join him in this, if we want to live that life, let us be willing to imitate that radical acceptance of ourselves as dependent creatures and of things as they are. Can we find it in ourselves to be emptied in faith that we might make room in ourselves and our lives for the infinite God who wishes to dwell in us? And if we can do this, then we just might hear from the saints, from our Lord himself, friend, come up to a higher place.